the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial, money, investing, more. The key is to getting wealthy. And again, please don't think I have some sort of crazy thought of wealth. I don't have a butler. I don't know what I'd do with a butler. Please don't think I have a weird concept of wealth. Like, I don't have crazy jewelry. I think costume jewelry is just as attractive as just expensive jewelry. I don't know. I can't tell the difference between a $100 pair of earrings and a $10 pair of earrings and a $1,000 pair of earrings. Maybe I could. I don't know. But the trick to getting wealthy is it's, it's not that complicated. There's certain avenues, right? You insure what you can't afford to lose. From age 20 to 60, it's your ability to work. So you get life insurance. And you get disability insurance. I was talking uh, in the studio in between commercial breaks. Yesterday, there was a school shooting where a teenage kid brought a gun to school, which is, it was not bring a gun to school day. So he broke the rules right there, and he shot up some of his fellow students. Some of them perished. Turned the gun on himself and tried to kill himself. He's going to be disabled for life. It's kind of interesting. Maybe that's the best type of justice to have someone live with a massive disability for the rest of his life because he only blew part of his brains out versus all of his brains. Or you could say he was a teenager and he should be forgiven because he was probably just crazy like all teenagers were. I could look back at my teenage years with just kind of insanity. I remember I thought I was going to die when a girl broke up with me kind of thing. I, I can't breathe. But to be disabled, and I'm trying to tie this into insurance, you get life insurance in case you die, you get disability insurance in case you're disabled. He's in a bad position. Anyone who's disabled is in a bad position. Not having the ability to earn money, and we got a lot of people who are on disability. I've actually met people on disability who are totally functional, California State Disability, totally functional, and they don't want to work because they're getting a free check from the, the state. And it ain't very much money, but it's free check. Um, so some basic concepts. You insure, insurance is important. Investing is important. Um, cost of living is important. Housing's tied towards cost of living. Now you can buy a house or you can rent a house. American homeowners are staying in their homes a lot longer now. So things are changing. A typical homeowner in 2019 in the United States has spent 13 years in their home, a full eight years longer than homeowners in 2010. So in the last 10 years, we've really started to settle down. Or did something dramatic happen 10 years ago? And the answer is something dramatic happened 10 years ago. A lot of people got foreclosed on. But we're staying there longer. People are moving less frequently. There's, I look at my street and I look for turnover on my street. There's not a lot. And sometimes when it happens, they do leave the state because it's too expensive, but they keep the home as a rental. So new homeowners aren't coming in. We're becoming a nation of renters landlords, and such. 
Americans are now staying put the longest in Salt Lake City for an average of 23.4 years compared to 14.7 just 10 years ago. That's crazy. Boston has the same kind of thing where people are dwelling for 17.6 years compared to just 9.5 back in 2010. I don't even like the idea of, of changing my home. I don't like that. I never want to move again. I do want to move again, but I don't want to go through the process of it, like packing boxes and such. Um, it's amazing how dynamic you are when you're 20 and how crabby you are when you're 50. I don't want to move. I don't want to get boxes. The whole idea of it is appalling. Like, I almost want to die and let someone else. I want to die in the place. Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Morning. Any of this ring true to you? We're staying longer? Does that make your job tougher as a mortgage lender? Well, I think in general, it's, um, I think it's, it, something dramatic did happen. Um, you know, we had a, a, a recession. A lot, a lot of people, I think, learned lessons from, you know, going through this mortgage crisis and financial crisis. Um, people also learned that, um, interest rates have dropped and they can secure lower interest rates and it might be more expensive to move. But you brought up something like you said, well, I, I just don't want to move because it's a hassle. Uh, once you get over that first stage, what's the next stage is I got to find a property and a place to move to. And that's, I think, the other end of the problem where we need a solution. There's not enough homes being built. There's not enough in places where people want to move to. And that's one of the reasons why we are seeing the uh, segment of the industry of, um, I want to say, retirement homes yep. um, and communities, you know, senior living communities are is, is the fastest growing community in the United States. We're not quite growing fast enough. Uh, but that is the reason is there's just not enough places for people to move. So you have two big stages to go through and that's causing people to stay in their houses a little bit longer. They, uh, I get more calls about people saying, how do I get money out of my house so that I can put an extra room in or an auxiliary unit in the back? Um, I, I believe California has passed a law recently, SB something, uh, where now all counties can allow auxiliary units in the back. And I think that's a, a, a drive towards more people staying in their house and, and, and feeling comfortable in their house without you know moving. So it, we're now incentivizing people to stay in their house a little bit longer. And it's easier to get cash to fix your house. We have renovation loans that people can add rooms to their house. Uh, we have, we get, again, we get more yeah, calls there's, about there's that. There's also something a little different going on, though, too. Because back when you and I were 20-year-old men, we were probably like, you know, when we get married and have kids, we'll get a nicer house. So we probably, you know, started with something kind of a starter home. And, you know, you get married and you're like, that house down the block that's got all the glass windows. It's awesome. I want that. And people would actually go and buy that house. And now one thing that's a sticky point for me, and I don't even think it's a talking point, sticky point. It's just in the back, 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 back of my head. Prop 13. I don't want to move because I don't want to pay a higher tax bill. Like that's, that's it. Parent to child transfer, grandparent to child uh, transfer. Uh, there's a lot of, again, not just buying ones. another house anymore. Yep. I have a low, I mean, you've talked about your house. It's like, I want to move, but yeah. I don't want to get rid of this interest rate that I have. Uh, it's going to cost Let, me more let's, to let's move. Let's repeat that one more time. I've got a 3.35 30 year mortgage, which is unheard of. Um, Maybe I'd be incentivized to move if rates went down to 2%. I'd be like, I can go get another 30-year loan. You could do what this guy's doing. Pointing to paper on radio. <laughs> Pointing well, to paper on radio. So there's a lot of company, good communication. There's a lot. I'm trying. It's the first thing you learned in radio school. I, yeah, I, I, I don't think I went to radio school. I don't think you did either. Um, I missed that class. You failed. 
Uh, a lot of like this company here, it's a startup, uh, not a startup, but it's San Jose a, they, startup offers $10,000 to tech workers to leave the Bay Area. Would you leave the Bay Area for $10,000? Probably not. Okay. Yeah, 10000 doesn't feel like a lot of money. Not only that, you have to, I think, live in that new area for at least a year before you even get the money. Huh. But they're in, you know, it's, it's a, I think it's an, it's an initiative. It's, it's, you know, to, to, and a message to other companies that we want people to be able to work from home. But I, I want to talk about, uh, you know, how I think actually having a lot of rental um, houses available and units available is good for millennials. They, they like the mobility a lot of, that is another mentality that house is the other part of it. So you have the largest, afford my house. the largest buying pool ever out of any generation that, that's alive right now can't afford houses. You know where the hottest, so the, so yeah, they need you know to the, rent. The hottest, so there's the hottest properties in San Carlos right now are on train track. Literally, they could walk right to work. Twenty feet, they could walk to work. But when you and I grew up, we didn't want to live anywhere near trains or um, airports. Yeah, and that's what rental properties offer is that convenience to be able to move anywhere and be very flexible. I don't know if our kids are ever going to be able to buy a house like we did. I think the American dream is shifting to the American apartment or the American smaller living spaces. <coughs> Excuse me. You can find Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220. KDOW. Ooh. Ooh. I'm easily entertained. So I really want people to grasp that things change and that you can't invest the way you want to, the way you were raised. Um, To give you some quick examples, there's something going on called flight shaming now, where if you post pictures on Facebook that you went to Hawaii, people are going, I can't believe you and your family flew all the way to Hawaii in an airplane. What a waste of money. What a waste of greenhouse gases. Or what a creation of greenhouse. Like, there's flight shaming going on. I, I, private jets, they may get outlawed one day because of flight shaming. So if you invest in a private jet firm, it could happen. Tony Mendez from BayAreaLoanSource.com was just talking briefly about the idea that millennials are, they're okay at living in an apartment, 400 square feet. There's some apartments in San Francisco being sold now that are smaller than jail cells. And they're $400,000. How great would that be to turn an old prison into an apartment complex? It could happen. Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. There's a group up in Portland area, Vancouver, Washington area. McMinimins, I think it is. And they have this weird concept of... Let's go get an elementary school that's defunct. And instead of tearing it down, we'll put a movie theater in it. We'll put a nice restaurant in it. We'll put a bar in it. So it's kind of a cool repurposing, right? It is. They had, they bought a mental institute that the mental patients used to go out in the yard during the day because that's what you do when you're mentally insane. You just go out of the yard and walk around in grass. That's what the movies tell me. And everything in the movies is true, right? And they turned it into a great restaurant and... The grass in back now is um, a, a nine-hole pitch and putt. 
And it's not just you know, schools. It's you know the land of obviously is quite valuable, but um, they're even repurposing malls. I think they're actually having plans here in the Bay Area for one local mall to go to that kind of mixed use, you know, res- residential up top, commercial on the bottom, or at least half the mall. Uh, I think that's you know that's where we're going in a place like the Bay Area, where there's you know you're constricted by. Um, Mountains and, and proximity to you you know, jobs. First, do you remember the first time? Traffic sucks. I brought up flight shaming because <laughs> I heard that for the first time about three weeks ago. And it's a term. Do you remember the first time you heard that they're going to put apartments or condos inside of a mall? And that young people love it because there's food and restaurants and clothes to buy and stuff like that? Like, And the first time you heard it, you're like, there's no way. I want a yard. I want like a dog. I want. I don't want to live in a mall. So things do change. Yeah, it was it's it was novel at the time. And it was different. more novel than War and Peace. <laughs> Boom shakalaka. You're on your game today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not on my game today. This is probably this is probably the day to turn the station and listen to that <laughs> that midget who smokes and the the whiny guy who tries to get chicks because he's on a radio show. Oh, you mean Sarah and Vinny? Yes. <laughs> now you're back. She's a midget, and I, I, I have nothing against midgets. She was just cranky and mean. When I worked in the same building with her, I was like, hey, I work in the same building with you. And she's just puffing on her cigarette. I don't even say hi to me. Am I cigarette shaming? Yes. Am I, uh, am I talentless shaming? Yes. So go listen to that show. You don't have to listen to this anymore. <laughs> oh. U.S. cities where million-dollar homes are shrinking the fastest. Does that scare you when you hear like when you see a headline like that? Uh, what do they mean by million dollar homes are shrinking? Do you mean that the prices are going down, or they're just building? There's just not enough inventory being sold. I don't know what that means. It means prices are going down in this case, but it could um, mean it could mean that a million dollar home is a thousand square feet. No, I, I don't think that. I, I'm not surprised by that at all, and I, I doesn't. I don't fear it at all. I think it's it's supply and demand. Uh, we saw that happen here in the Bay Area where, you know, multi-million dollar homes uh, inventory shot up uh, back last year and prices came down and uh, it's going back up a little bit because now there's a shortage of that inventory. So I, this is a, a market and this is almost across the whole United States of inventory is going to trump supply and demand is the supply and demand and is going to trump things like incomes and credit and interest rates in my opinion. And we're going to see homes that fall into the, any category of that. I'm sorry, any homes of that fall into that category will have higher home prices. And then you have a a gluttony of million dollar homes that are going to fall below. It's all about affordability. It's all about what, you know, the average incomes can can buy. That ring a hundred percent true. It's all about affordability. And for instance, in Nashville, um, a million dollars used to get you X amount of square feet. Now it gets you 27% just in the last few years as everyone's moving to Nashville. Nashville's a cool, hip city. I don't know if you remember me talking about it 20 years ago, but that would have been a good It was place. on the list for many, many years yeah. as one of the top investment uh, cities in the United States. Places like Raleigh, um, Denver was on there, Boise. Oakland. Oakland, yep. Um, Oakland, a poor man, San Francisco, but it's more Not anymore. Right? Not anymore. Double-digit returns for the last five years, I think. Yeah, that that city's changed. It has, as 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 well as. Do you well think it's gentrified, or do you think it's just people are willing to settle for less? Uh, I think a lot of parts of half downtown is definitely gentrified. 
there's there are places that I I didn't go to in you know when I first moved here 15 years ago and I I, I mean investors are just you can't buy a property there anymore. Yeah, um, there was a place in New York that 25 30 years ago called Hell's Kitchen that that it was literally Hell's Kitchen. You'd go and bikers would beat you up. Now it's all happy love and millennials. DC, with their, with their, happened to DC, with their expensive bars yeah. and. We saw a big change in, in Washington, D.C. It's it's all about convenience right now. Nobody wants to go to, pardon, if, if you live in Tracy, but nobody wants to go to Tracy and work in the Bay Area. You want, you want to live in the Bay Area. Uh, How about all, we just turn Tracy into a prison city? Uh, I'm not going there. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> we could do Canada. We could send out all our prisoners to Canada. I mean, Canada. if there wasn't just one road to or get Tracy. from Tracy to Bay Area, I think it would be okay. There's just one road. Yeah. And... and I it's it's mind numbing being on that road too. I I couldn't go through the, the pass. You can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. You can find me at RobBlackShow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial. Sitting with me today, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Good morning. thing I like about your website... If you phonetically play with the letters a little bit, oh, it's yeah. balls. Bay Area BA. I tried to get that. And Loan it, source. It's uh, some other company, Boston Acoustics or something like that. Yeah. Can't remember. You tell people it's balls with a, <laughs> without the low-hanging L. <laughs> that low hang. Mine's not that low-hanging. <laughs> I know. We're done. <laughs> New topic. Um, Airbnb. It's a play on housing. Um, it's play on vacations. It, it was a disruptor for hotels. It hasn't come public yet. They're trying to get it public, but they've run into some roadblocks. Um, we're just watching the news, and there was a big shooting in Orenda because someone got an Airbnb and then advertised that there would be a big party at the big house, and five people got shot dead, which is pretty final. Um, can you imagine if you were the owner of that house? You now own a house that has is the shooting house. It's the haunted house on the block. Five people died there. Kids, it's it's legendary for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, I don't know how that actually works. On let's say the next time you advertise that house for Airbnb, maybe they pull it. Yeah, uh, they, it's yeah, this it, was the house that people got shot in. I mean, there's a good chance this guy can't sell the house. I agree. Can't rent it. Um, Airbnb can't. I mean, the only thing you can do right now is move into it. Maybe I don't know. It's an investigation. Uh, it could get tied up for a while. I, I mean, it's some of the inherent issues that you have. I've got with... two great Airbnb stories. Okay. One was New York, where the person would travel a lot. So on weekends, she would rent out her place to travelers. And what happened was a company that makes adult films rented it out and trashed the place. So she wasn't even the, land, she wasn't even the owner. She was subleasing it. Which is fascinating to think of what the legal consequences of that are, right? Can you imagine coming home from a long weekend and you're like, I just rented about, oh, why is there all this fluid everywhere? Mm. Right? The other Airbnb story is it happened up in the mountains. Getaway cabin. Had a nice hot tub, Lake Tahoe. And the family rented Airbnb because they wanted something better than a hotel, something with pots and pans and stuff like that. And they get in the hot tub, and the girl sits on the edge of the hot tub where the filter is. Oh, I don't want to hear this. And it pulls her intestines yeah. through her butt. 
her intestines get sucked into the hot tub. So she gets airlifted to a hospital. Her intestines are everywhere. First doctor's like, I don't know what to do. Second doctor's like, let me do it. I saw it on YouTube. Hmm. Which is a great YouTube story. (laughs) Now, first and foremost, there's a lot going on there. Like, do doctors sit around and watch YouTube surgeries (laughs) in their their spare time? (laughs) But think about the legal liability on all parties. That's one thing that people don't understand about lawsuits. Everyone loses. You don't ever want to get sued. I got to have the right insurance. I, t- I, the hot tub I, people probably so got sued. So many people we run into have do not have enough insurance on their rental properties. Airbnb. Oh, yeah. And that's that's a good conversation about proper insurance. But it's also a good warning to people. Like, you need to make sure you're getting into it. That's where hotels won big a couple years ago. They could say, we have insurance on our hot tubs. We also have more clients. And we maintain them. We have more and more clients putting properties into LLCs to protect them personally. Okay. More than we've ever uh, in the last 10 years that we've seen. Yeah. Just, it's, it's like, hey, can we do this in LLC? I'm like, yeah, sure. We can do that. Yeah. So I want to protect myself. And that's, those are the stories of why you would want to do it. It doesn't matter if it's Airbnb or it's a rental or vacation by owner. Um, what is that? VR? Vacation. Um, any of them like that. You, you need the right insurance. And, um, and that's got to scare insurance companies too. That that stuff like that. I mean, what's going to happen with this guy's insurance? He's he, he's. You're talking about the guy in Arenda. In Arenda. Yeah. I mean, the, he it, it's it's going to be so expensive to own that house now. He's going to have to dump it. I'll be honest with you, Tony. As I've gotten older, I've become much more cautious and protective of my assets. And like you know that I got that second home, and I, part of me was like, I could rent it out. I can go to Hawaii Thanksgiving for free because I could rent out that place, and it'll be kind of like. And then I got into, yep, I started to think about the legal liabilities. Yep. I'm like, no, I don't want people, people coming and going, people coming and going. I don't, I don't like, it's not so much. One of your tiles is lifted up this much trip, fall yep. done. You, you got to sell the house. I have a hot tub. Yeah. I've got wood that's not even. So it, it like I, I went in thinking I was doing one thing. I came out of it doing it totally different. And the cash flow is totally different too. Cause I, I thought I was going to break even. I'm just losing money on it, but I'm okay with that. So because I'll be there for Thanksgiving and I'll unwind and relax and chill and enjoy the fresh mountain air. <laughs> but the Airbnb story, that's, that's a fascinating one. Yeah. So, um, it's all about, you know, it's, it just brings up the whole, what, what, do you how want, much exposure do you want to have to risk? Get, or even a better question. Do you want to be a landlord? Exactly. And we, we start with that conversation every single time somebody says, we want to buy an investment property. Do you own one now? Yeah. That's why people don't understand. Are you a first time homeowner or not? Um, they put restrictions on, are, are you, have you owned a property before, before we loan you money? That's why they have these questions and they have these guidelines because people don't know what they're doing sometimes when they get an investment property. They don't want to lose their, their investment. You can buy an investment property with 10% down okay. now. Now, it's not the most conventional loan, but you can still do it. But they're going to make sure you qualify because, and they're going to make sure that you've had landlord history. I mean, there's a lot of protections that lenders are trying to, to enforce, but, um, another thing that people come to me, I I hear you about people ask you, I want to be a land. I want to get an investment property. People love the concept, but the working of it's not always beautiful and easy. Um, another one that I see is people want to own franchises. How many people have come up to me in the last 10 years and say, I want to own a subway franchise or something else. Um, Togo's and it's not the best idea. I was like, you should go to, a Togo's in this case, Togo's and go like go to Stockton Togo's and ask the franchisee if he's happy. 
Um, because he's probably working there because he can't find kids to do the job for him. And when they do, they steal money from him or they eat all his food. I'm amazed uh, at. I don't want to be a franchisee. Uh, I saw your brother. Well, your brother was a dominant franchisee. Hey, there's so much turnover. I, I'm just amazed that these people, these companies can keep employees yeah. and, and they and they can put up. They have the tolerance for the, the amount of turnover that, that you have to go through. I think where, where I worked, it was like 60, 70 percent a year. That's six, you know, six out of ten employees you have to replace every year. Train them, uh, then you have all, the, you know, the quality control that you have to go through. It's awful. It's 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 a tough thing to get into. Switching back to the landlord because I want people to ask hard questions of themselves. Like, can I see myself married to this person for thirty years? <laughs> What's her mother look like? Um, you brought up something this week when we were ch- chatting about um some you you're you know some people in an apartment building that they all hate the landlord. As a group, they hate the landlord. That's not a good position to be the landlord because people hate you. And they're not going to take great care of your place because screw it. Um, I think there's legitimate reasons to hate your landlord. And You said something brilliant. You said be nice to your landlord. Be nice to your landlord. Yeah. Oh. Don't be mad. If you're renting and you're mad you're renting, don't be mad at your landlord. If anything, be nice to him. You might actually get cheaper rent. Yeah. Um, be the guy who, or a couple or a girl and say, I'm going to look out for your property. Um, there's something wrong with it. Keep, you know, keep up to date with a part of, with, the, part of being a landlord, landlord for me. And I, I own a rental property. Part of the thing that I hate the most is when I have to get a new tenant. So anytime there's a new tenant, I say, offer them a three year and they, a three-year lease. Uh, $50 less or something. $100 less. Yeah. I shoot myself in the foot just to get someone there longer um, because I don't like the turnover aspect. It, it's When it turns over, things get nicked, they get scratched, they need to be replaced, they need to be fixed. Um, but I'm also a great landlord. Whenever the moment I hear the stove went out, I'm like, order new stove. Um, and my property management company is like, geez, you're a nice landlord. They're also a very good property management company. And yeah. uh, believe it or not, yeah, they're hard to find uh, ones that are proactive, ones that call you first and you don't have to call them and hey, what's going on with my property? Um, we had this discussion last night uh, on the air about whether or not you should use a property management company. And I, I still think yes. And, and even as you grow larger, um, uh, you know, your portfolio gets bigger. Yeah, you should even do it more. I wouldn't quit my job just to manage properties. Uh, it's a pain in the butt. Let somebody else do it. You get the write off. Um, but I would certainly not get into a property and go, I'm going to manage this on my own so that I can take the extra cash flow or just to cash flow. Yeah. I, I can't, I, I can only cash flow if I manage this on my, my own. That's too much liability. It's, it's too many headaches. Do you remember when you were a renter and you're 20 years old and like you'd try to get your roommates to pay rent because you had to walk the check down to the office kind of thing. It's a pain in the butt. You know, yeah, I've made all the mistakes. I've left and let other people take over my lease, and then they didn't pay. I had to go to collection agencies to pay money like two years later because they're like they they're haunting me. Yeah. I've done all the mistakes with rentals, um, but yeah, we treated it in a different way. But it's no reason to get mad at your landlord if you live in a, an apartment complex of you know hundreds of units. There's no, it's a corporation. It's not a person. You, you just can't get mad at them. You you, you take it for face value. Catch and that flies. is your renter. Catch more flies with honey than a slaughter. Sure. Sure. I don't like, think that's the, quite the saying, but... Something like that. Just go with it. Don't be difficult. Focus on the show. Now I've lost all focus. Um, but no, no. Like, the house that I'm in now, in my crude 
financial plan of the future, I kind of want to leave it to my kids. I don't want to turn it into a rental, but if I do turn it into a rental, I kind of want a property management company because I don't want to get a, a check every month. I don't like that whole telling your your uh, renters like, can you Venmo me my money? <laughs> I, I don't like state. I don't like asking people for money, even though they're renting my prop. Like I would have a prop. My property management. If you're five days late, I would stress. I would be angry at my renter. It's all on the property management company. They make the money. They get the bounce check, and they're like they charge them double. So, I, ask yourselves: Do you really, really want to be a landlord? Do you really, really want to be married to this person? Do you really, really want to be a franchisee? It's not as glamorous as all those things look like. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. This was my wedding song. I want to throw myself in a river and drown. I want to love someone, but I don't know how. I did my first dance with this one. That marriage didn't last. <laughs> Tony Mendez, Bay Area This is a bad omen. Not the way to start off the marriage. I love the movie Omen. Damien. Damien. What was his name? Neil. Neil. Um, oh God! If you can pull the actor's name, that's good. Uh, well, he's the guy from Jurassic Park. He's the, the kid. No, oh, you're talking Sam Neil. Sam Neil. Yeah. Was he in the Omen? I thought he was the child. Was he? I thought he was. Weird pull. Can you imagine playing the devil, the devil's son, when you're like seven years old and going to school next year? No one's going to mess with you. <laughs> um, <clears throat> more Americans. And again, if you haven't seen it. Oh, it wasn't him. It's a great film. Because um, we were never used to seeing children being evil. The one movie that made children evil or the one book that I really didn't like because it's just unsettling was Pet Cemetery. Didn't let much care for that. More Americans say now is a bad time to buy a home. Tony Mendez, BayAreLoanSource.com. Just 21% of Americans say now is a good time to buy a home. A drop from 28% in September. Well, can you wake me up when it's a good time to buy a home? Can you please send me a postcard? <laughs> That's the problem with these surveys. Oh, yeah. yeah. We talk about how it, it's just following the trends as opposed yeah. to following the actual number. Yeah. The same thing with rates, because you can go to the Mortgage Bank Association and you can get a rate that's half point higher than the average that shows on Freddie Mac. It's, it's all about the trends. Um, you know, we pay attention to that because, um, you know, as an, especially for an investor. Um, now, you might have a place like Las Vegas, which is topping the charts right now for appreciation. But you may not want to buy a property in Vegas because it's been incredibly volatile through the downturns. Um, you might you might go there to flip a property, but you might not go there to, to invest. But, you know, as far as ownership, the people who are looking to, to buy and own. Do you want to hear my new song? Sure. I, 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 I don't want to live in Las Vegas. <laughs> who wants to live there? Uh, you you just said people. when there's a downturn, it could be bad. You know why? Because it's a desert! Just saying. And with the key feature of a desert, you know, anytime you get lost in desert... You, you walk out in 10 minutes, right? It's so easy to walk out of. No! In a desert, it goes on forever and ever. It's nothing but land. Who got the idea? They even made a movie about it. Like, who got the crazy idea to build a city in a desert? It is pretty crazy. but No water? I mean, you have two cities, pretty yeah. much, in, or maybe three, in 
Nevada okay. that people would want to live in Carson City, Reno, and Las Vegas, Henderson. Um, but I, I, it's it's all about affordable housing in a lot of ways. There's a lot of companies, in fact, are moving their headquarters, not headquarters, but some branches of their companies there, and and you know they have a football team now. Who um, Vegas? Okay, I thought you were talking about. Uh, it's still, I'm still thinking Reno. Oh. Anytime I go to Reno, it's such culture shock for me. Like, it's a slower town than Vegas. Um, it's you it's, see people where family. It's the family representation of of uh, Vegas. The three things that freak me about out about Vegas is the cowboy boots because you don't see that all day. All, they do all. have that great rodeo. There's everyone wears cowboy boots there. Um, then on top of that, the cigarette smoking. It's a weird thing when you live in I California. Know. You don't see cigarette smokers, but the moment you go into uh, Reno, it's like whoa. People really do this stuff. And the, the handguns, it's an open carry state, right? Yep. And you see people with a holster. See trucks with guns, gun racks in the back window. Sure. That's culture shock for me. I'm just throwing that out there for you. And then that's why I wasn't thinking about Vegas. But Vegas is going to have a football team. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be a problem. Yeah, the gambling. Yeah, the and gambling. yeah. We learned that Patrick Kane, is his name Patrick Kane? Vander Kane from the Sharks. Mm-hmm. Last year during the playoffs, they're playing Vegas, and he dropped like $100,000 or something at a casino. And you could do the math, and it was during the playoffs. Shouldn't he have been in his room sleeping? I see a lot of problems with uh, sports teams in Vegas. Um, there's one football player who saves 85% of his salary. Do you know why? Because he's only going to play for like three or yep. four years. So anyway, I, I bring that up because we have to have different concepts of the way we look at it. I'm 50. I, I'm not going to be alive for 30 more years. I, why am I going to get a 30 year mortgage at this point? Other than affordability, maybe a seven year is the right way to we, go. We've talked about that before, especially leading up to, um, like, you know, your retirement seminar. We, we've talked that several times about what do you do go, leading into retirement? Yeah. Do you carry a 30 year fixed or do you pay off your, your, your property? Um, more often are we seeing people, um, consulting financial planners to make this decision for him. We had a client last night who just, he has a $4 million property and he wants to live in the property and he owns it free and clear. And do you sell it and take the money and go live somewhere very comfortably? Or do you live there because you want to stay in your family or whatever? Um, More and more people are going towards financial planners when making real estate decisions. Yeah. And I, I mean, and it's natural nowadays it's because it is a lot of people have their, you were talking about, um, you know, just business uh, philosophy and you're like, a lot of people have money tied in their houses, right? Too, that's too much. Their, and too much, especially here in the Bay area where that's pretty much where all your money's going. And yeah, you're, it's kind of like a, your little bank. You're not earning that much interest on it. The appreciation might be the interest, but all your money is going into that, into that asset. And you might be lucky to have a 401k or an IRA, but a ton of money is going into that property and you're counting on that. What do you do when you sell it? Do you use all your money on your next house? Um, do you, here's, do you here's make it? Today's all about questions, right? Would you live in a for, uh, free and clear house? Probably not. I'd I leverage. Don't think, I don't think I would either. Yeah. And yet I, one of the things I, with these rates, one of the things the I they are, about, I'd leverage. I kind of want to have a $500,000 loan for the rest of my life, but I kind of don't want to have a $500,000 loan for the rest of my life. It's a weird conundrum I'm in. Yeah, we we have a lot of people who have very small mortgages with ton of equity, and they end up leveraging uh, other properties. How can people find you, Tony? BayAreaLoanSource.com. Balls simple. with drop the L. <laughs> it's not catchy. No, it's not. It's balls with one L. Is that better? 
We'll figure something out. You can find Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. You can find me at RobBlackShow.com and NewFocusFinancial.com.